What's poppin', y'all? Welcome to Eddie and Mike, the podcast. It's me, Mike, and I'm here with my guy. Eddie P, standing on business. Bro, a lot of teacher came out with a um, list of things you can't say. And the second item was standing on business. And in parentheses, she said SOB. And I'm like, bro, y'all done annoyed the teachers with it now. Yeah, I, I was going to say phrases like that like in a elementary school middle school say i mean elementary school it's gonna obviously be like the the older couple of grades um and i know certain areas like you know elementary school and middle school like can mean something different but i'm not gonna get into that uh yeah anyway them kids can be annoying as hell with that stuff so i'm not surprised and especially if it's like an older teacher uh who <laughs> might look a little bit more like me than like you then yeah they definitely <clears throat> they're definitely like all right yeah i've had enough of that because they don't know what it means and to be honest we don't pay teachers enough to be some sort of like detective like deciphering code and stuff they're supposed to be teaching them like how to learn and how to be a citizen and all that kind of stuff i'm gonna I'm a keep it i'm gonna teach you a um a journalistic trick if you don't want to say black or white you can just hit us with the old urban or suburb. Oh no, I, I or... was intentionally saying it the way I said it. Ah. Like, <laughs> I was I was kind of like playing a role, like I'm like, oh, you know, you look a little bit more like me than like you. You know, in other words, uh they were maybe a little more as guardian than Wakandan. So we can go Marvel no, style. <laughs> Um, shout out to my wife, my wife Marty. She just came in. Um, Marty, we kicking it, we kicking it. Um, this episode, yeah, it's a a lot happening both in my life and at work. But y'all don't care about all that. Y'all came here to listen to us talk about some sports and whatnot. Sports. And I'm gonna be honest with y'all. It's an NFL dominant show. There is a couple of things happening in the NBA that we could talk about. Like um, like Draymond wanting to retire, or LeBron um, getting a lot of foul shots on the. Um, hey, shout out to that coach, by the way. Yeah, the Raptors coach. Him. I wish I knew his name. It's like he was Dario pissed. or Darko or something like that. It ain't Darko Milicic, but I. No. But the way he said it, he was like, and and I mean no disrespect. I I actually like enjoy trying to do impressions, so it's not. I'm not trying to make fun of him, but he he says. 23 free throws to two. 23 to two. And it, and you want to say All-Star is fine. You tell us we don't even show up then. You're going to give them the game. We just won't show up. They have All-Stars. Mm-hmm. Oh, we have All-Stars. Scotty Barnes, Scotty Barnes with force is driving to hoop and not flopping. And the minute he said that part, I was like, oh, fam, 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 fam. Like, you Still know what there, I mean? man. I never heard it. I just read the, um, the if Instagram. If I find it, I'll send it captions. to you. But but my man went in and it, I mean, he was to the point and he's right. Like, you know, we love our, our all-stars, but like, let's call the game fair too. You know, you like, if they're that good, they don't need your help. At least that's how I feel. Right. But like, after so the Super Bowl, y'all know, after the Super Bowl, y'all know we're going to um, talk heavy basketball. Oh, yeah. But unfortunately, after, well, not unfortunately, for yeah. once. Fortunately, after the Super Bowl, we'll have some good stuff to talk about with the commanders, I feel like. But as of now, 
You would hope. I'm not going to quote the tweet because I'm pretty sure a lot of y'all that listen to us may have heard it by now. Y'all just want to hear what we think about it. So I'll just paraphrase it. But according to Ian Rappaport and a couple of other um, journalists like Josina Anderson, um, Adam Schefter, is pretty, pretty, pretty hot, 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 hot in the streets that San Francisco 49 um, let me rephrase that, San Francisco 49ers assistant general manager Adam Peters is the number one target for the commanders and exclusively according to Ian Rappaport, Ian Cunningham, the Bears assistant general manager, it's the other finalists for the commanders. Let's call it head of football operations position. Now, I gave y'all a lot, so I just want to hear Eddie's thoughts before I move to the next part. Well, I got to be honest. Um, I, I mean, I'm not, like, upset about this. It, you know, we're all clamoring for nuggets uh, with some kind of, you know, it was no different than when they were going to announce the name. Like, we were all trying to figure out what it would be. I mean, this, this is what we always do, you know. What are we going to do with our draft pick? We should go with this. We should go with that. So um, I just said a bunch, but basically what I'm getting at is I liked it when we weren't saying a lot. I thought that was a little bit part of the new era with Josh Harris where, yes, he's available. Yes, he addresses um, the media. And I really liked the way he did where he said, hey, look, we're in a tight spot. I want to do everything the right way, and I'm going to try to do that as best as possible. But – I also need to get a GM and coach in place, you know, with the draft coming up and things of that nature. And he's right. Like he wants to take his time and do it the right way, but he kind of is, you know, like the, the time is ticking. So anywho, I, I liked everything that was going on. I don't know how I feel about us releasing this again. If, if, if it's throwing the proverbial bone to the fans, the public, what have you understandable. And, you know, we certainly all appreciate it. Um, but I just kind of liked it where everything was in-house. It wasn't like the Snyder kind of era where, you know, oh, we like this coach, we like that coach. Um, I am thrilled, however, that two of the what seem to be kind of top-tier candidates around the league might, you know, I, I don't know how they feel. I understand we're listing our target, but I know we were meeting with Peters at least uh, – uh, in Miami, I think with uh, the Harris's at one, probably one of his many properties that uh, he owns. So yeah, uh, yeah it, it could be exciting. So I, I mean, I, I don't know much about uh, the Cunningham guy because, you know, I, I guess the way you look at it is from San Fran. I've only got one question as it relates to San Fran and that's how involved he was in the uh, Trey Lance thing, because if he was like the main guy on that, then I maybe changed my man, my mind. Cunningham, I don't, I guess you want to give him credit for that trade last year um, around draft time with Carolina, but otherwise, I mean, the Bears haven't looked so great. So I don't know. Does that make sense? Like I don't know so, how much you want to give and take on those things. You threw a lot. You threw a I lot did. back Apologies. at me. No, you're good. You threw a lot back at me. I gotta try to remember it all. I'm going to start yeah, with the last thing you just said, and that was Ian Cunningham. He is the assistant Bears general manager, but he also comes from 
the Ravens and Eagles organization as well. Okay. So that's why he's getting so much buzz because of who not only who he came from, but if you look at what the Bears have done in the last since Ryan Pose has got there, Ryan Pose is the former assistant GM for the Chiefs. That's crazy that I know all this. Ryan Pose is the former assistant general manager from the Chiefs, and he's now the current general manager of the Bears. And remember, the Bears pulled off that heist last season with the Panthers getting the um, first round, first over, I mean, trading their first overall pick for the Panthers' 2024 draft pick and DJ Moore and a couple of more draft picks from last year. And um, they say Cunningham had a lot to do with the analytics of that trade. I just feel like it was an easy trade to make. But nevertheless, um, yeah, Cunningham was more of an analytics type of person. Um, as far as Adam Peters, you mentioned Trey Young. Trey Lance. Um, I mean, Trey Lance. I'm sorry. Shout Trey Young's in Atlanta with the Hawks you know. in the NBA. <laughs> but Trey, Young, Trey Lance, he – I don't know how involved he was with Trey Lance. But what I, I will say – I say that half kidding, Mike. Like, no, it, I get what you're saying. Funsies. I, no, I know. But but seriously, I'm, too. <laughs> I, I'm, leading the, I'm leading up to this point. I can't say what he said about Lance. But I do know that I saw a video on Twitter of him talking about Brock Purdy after the draft. And what he said about Brock Purdy made so much sense. And I understand why he, Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, um, wanted to go after him. He just simply said Brock Purdy can play the quarterback position. He knows how to play the quarterback position. He might not have the strongest arm. He might not be the fastest. But he actually knows how to play the quarterback position. And when you come from a school like Iowa State, like nobody's going to take you seriously, especially if you didn't dominate like um, like um, other quarterbacks at lesser-known schools have done, like a Josh Allen, um, a Dak Prescott, yada, yada, yada. Um, so, yeah. But you see when you put him in the right system, he messed around and was an MVP candidate for most of the year. And in other seasons, he might have actually, like, pulled it off, except his teammate had a good season. And then there's another quarterback up the street from us that had an even better season, all things considered. But we'll talk about that in a couple of weeks. But, um, yeah, like, I I don't – I honestly don't care who they pick. If you all follow me on Facebook or whatever, you saw me post a couple of weeks ago, Ian Cunningham was actually my pick for – the head of football operations for Washington. I had a I had a graph of Ian Cunningham as the head of operation, Ben Johnson as the head coach. Um, I said Chris Harris or Al Harris, secondary coach for the Titans and um, Cowboys, respectively, um, as a defensive coordinator with Pritchard, Tavita Pritchard as our offensive coordinator. Um, that was just a wish list that I threw out there. So to see Ann Cunningham actually um, make it to, like, the quote-unquote finals of the process um, is actually pretty cool. Like, it's just – I just feel comfortable knowing that – and I'm not even saying this because I, I predicted it or picked it or whatever. It's just nice to have a front uh, ownership group that's actually doing their due diligence of the work 
and I'm of their work. I'm sorry. And Nikki Javala from the Washington Post, she actually put out an article that I want to read discussing the hiring process for the head of operations. And that's another thing I want to tell you. I don't think they put stuff out there unless they want it out there. Because what I didn't bring up yet, and this is what I was going to talk about next after the um, finalists. Somehow, some way, they thought to themselves, why not go after somebody that actually built a dynasty to help us find someone? Bob Myers, the former head of operations for the Golden State Warriors, was actually involved in the interview process and will be a consultant with uh, for Josh Harris um, as an owner. Uh, while he's the owner of the commanders or whatever. I don't know if it's for just the hire. I don't know if it's like long-term or whatever because nobody has reported it. But as of now, he's definitely cons um, consulting Josh Harris. And I understand like it looks dumb to ask an NBA executive to help you find a coach. But the fact that he had the wherewithal to pair former Vikings general manager, um, What's his name? Spillman? I can't remember his name. What's Rick Spillman? Yeah, Rick Spillman. Like to, like to pair them two to help you, that's just something we would have never gotten under Dan Snyder. And like like I said, I don't know if it's going to work. Like nothing's guaranteed. I hate when people, when stuff fail with the commanders, Redskins or whatever, people come back to me and say, you said this, you said that. Bruh. I'm just reporting and giving my opinion on what they're doing and explaining to you why they're doing it, probably. I don't know if it's going to work or not. Nobody knows. Just going through their thought process and giving you my opinion. But nevertheless, I just think it's a decent, I mean, it's a good approach, like, especially compared to whatever Snyder's been doing over the last 20 whatever years. Yeah, so the Bob Myers thing, I, I, I got to be honest. The older I get, the more I'm going to be skeptical of everything. But hey, if it works, then that could potentially be the new cutting edge thing. And don't get me wrong, you know, businesses want to hire great people to help them make money. You know, sports teams want to hire great people to help them win and make money. So. I get the move and, and everything you're saying, and I don't, I'm not discrediting it. I'm just saying if it works, then we'll be, uh, you know, trailblazers, pioneers of sorts. And if it doesn't work, then we'll be made fun of for this on top of a litany of other things. Uh, I wanted to backtrack just a little bit because there's a potential with getting like a GM and a VP uh, or, or, yeah of player personnel, some, some sort of title along those lines. I don't know if I said that correctly. Is it possible that both of those guys are brought in Cunningham and Peters or is so, that? It's funny not? that you say that because um, somebody brought this up. I can't remember who it was. Oh, it was Craig Kaufman, of course. Um, he said there is a way that Ann Cunningham can come to Washington with Adam Peters because it's clear that they want, like, that Peters is the one to, um, the one seed, basically. <laughs> they said, he said, 
since Chicago is like kind of warm in the front office, like they're not on a hot seat, but they haven't been to the playoffs yet since Ryan Pose mm-hmm. got there. And like, what if they regress and don't get better? And he's the number two there. If he doesn't get an offer from anyone to become their head of operations, there could be a chance that he dips on Chicago because their seat is warm for a more milder situation than Washington, who's just as in the good of a situation like cap-wise, pick-wise, as Chicago. And that'll be that'll be a reason for him to come to Washington with Peters. But outside of that, both of them are like the one and two on everybody's list on head of operation. Like I said, I he was one on my list two weeks ago, and I'm not even a um I'm nobody, just an IT specialist. <laughs> so um yeah, like you're somebody like don't don't I say know, but, um, yeah, it's just, oh, it's just a wonderful approach. And it's one last thing um, on this particular topic before we – we'll dive a little bit more into Adam Peters since that seems like the odds on favorite right now. We haven't really – we, we kind of talked about him so far, but haven't um, really dove into him. But um, I wanted to talk a little bit about that post article that Nikki Giovala wrote. Um, I don't know the name of it. I'll try to find it. But um, basically, she described the interview process that they're doing with, for the head of operations. And everybody thinks that it's like, or well, at least I thought, um, let me say this. <laughs> I'm not going to say everybody. I thought that there would be Josh Harris, Magic Johnson, Wolf Blitzer, Mitchell Rills, uh, Bob Myers, and Rick Spellman. I thought it would be six people interviewing one person at one time. But what actually is happening is that um, Rick Spillman, Josh Harris, and um, another person, I think it was Mitch Rills, or um, it might have been Blitzer. No, it probably was. Uh, I think it was Blitzer. But anyway, Harris, Blitzer, and um, Spillman are interviewing the candidates first. And asking them, Spillman is basically leading that one. Asking them, what's your thoughts on the um, football as it is right now? What coaches do you like? What coaches do you think you'll work well with? What coaches you'll, um, you think you can scout for? What system you think you scout better in? That type of stuff. And then there's a second round of interviews with Magic Johnson, Bob Myers, and um, the Mitchell Rills dude. And they're basically asking them about organization type stuff, business type stuff, how you build a team and things like that. And I'm not going to hold you once again, bro. Excuse my French, but that's some shit that Snyder would have never thought to do nor had the capability to do. Like, again, for the fifth time, I don't know if it's going to work. Yeah, like, I really set the bar for me. Huh? I said Snyder really set the bar there, didn't he? He did. What bar? (laughs) Like, bruh. Like, and I'm not even saying, like, it's revolutionary or whatever, because it's like a a bunch of people probably done this or whatever. The fact of the matter is, is that 
this is the point I just wanted everybody to understand for like the last 10 years. I don't want a Super Bowl or I don't need a Super Bowl. Let's say that. I don't I do. need a Super Bowl. You need one. You want to add some more years to the pennant behind you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> of course, I want one and would love to have one. But like you just said, the bar is so freaking low. Mm-hmm. Can I get can I get two 11-win seasons in three seasons? Oh, well, I'm certainly uh, crawl before you walk. You know, I'm, I'm not saying can we just. No, I get what you're saying. Right I'm just saying I would like to build our way to it and, you know, have it be at least a few seasons of sustainability, if not more. So I'm, I'm fine with that. But I understand hey, you know, you're, 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 you're coming, uh, you're coming in a, a humble request from Mike Pyatt. Like we can, we can, we can, we can trash the Cowboys and clown them or whatever for not making NFC championships since 96 or whatever, but they're always in the hunt to do so. Mm-hmm. It's, it's more likely that they're going to be closer to the NFC championship than it is a top five or top 10 NFL draft pick. For mm-hmm. Washington, it's obviously the opposite. We've been constantly flirting with the number one overall pick and still never got it. But guess what? We've been two a lot. We've been three a lot. We've been five, six, seven, 14, 19, 21. Never 31. Never 28. Of course, I would love to be 32nd. But, like, I'm just, I'm so ready for this to work. And it's just refreshing to see that this is the start of a new era. Like, it's refreshing to see that they're doing stuff that an organization, a winning organization or a, a sensible organization should do. We both used this example earlier in the season because it both happened to us personally. We both be, we both receive new leadership um, in our positions at our um, places of employment. Mm-hmm. And admittedly, things got better at both of our places of employment because of the new leadership. They came in, they brought in new ideas, they changed some stuff up, they cared. They came in 2023, like, and it works. Like that's like, if stuff's not working, you gotta just keep working at it until it works. But our previous owner did everything but that, and scared well, everybody away. And that's the that's the last point I want to make, bro. I'm sorry, I cut you off. The no, you good. were even interviewing the one in the universal one and two options. It's not what we can settle for like we did with Rivera and Jay Gruden or what we fumbled into like we did when we went after Jim Fossil and the pan- the fans panicked and we ended up with Jim Zorn. Like, they're actually going after the elite of the elites as far as candidates and prospects of his operations. Their finalist has come down to one and two which means that those one and two want to come here too. So, like I'm saying, I'm just, I'm happy that we're in this position. And if you ask me in 2020, 
three at this time. Like, well, no, I'm gonna say 2022. So you asked me two years ago, like, how did I feel about the future of the Washington football franchise? Who was the, still the football team at that point? Hmm. I would have been told. I would have told you. I don't know. I don't know how to feel. I want them to be better, but I don't know. But I'm gonna have last full type of Bama, and yeah, the Kool Aid is filling up. It's filling up again because I I keep telling y'all week five week five versus Chicago. It must was meant for my sister to take those tickets off my hand because that game like ruined me this season, bro. Like being favorite and losing at home, giving up a forty burger in front of the national audience. Season was done after that. And oh, I'm yeah. For now, I'm sorry, bro, but I just had to get that off my chest. No, but uh, as it regards to the whole uh, new leadership thing. I think it's easy in any situation when you know uh, person X is your boss and you respect that, but there, there, there comes like this fine line where you still kind of feel like you're working with them and not for them. Uh, again, you respect the hierarchy and, you know, don't challenge any of that or overstep boundaries necessarily. But the fact that, uh, the new leadership support speaks the same language. And, and I'm saying that metaphorically, I'm not saying like everybody has to speak English. Or something. Uh, and yeah. And, and then, you know, like when this happens, this is what's going to happen after, because that's the way it goes, because that's the consistency that at least so far is being displayed. And so you can only hope that it will continue. Uh, I will say and I'm still kind of there, but I guess the caveat is no more Snyder and obviously, you know, Bruce Allen to an even lesser degree. But Scott McLuhan came to us from Seattle, San Francisco, respectively, and was kind of uh, credited a little bit with helping to build those teams. And at the time, both teams were super bowl competitive. Uh, this is Legion of Boom time period. Uh, and so anyway, McLuhan comes to us and, you know, he was supposed to be, quote, unquote, the savior. So I'm just a little skeptical still with some of these. But look, though, I'm so glad you brought that up. I'm so glad you brought that up. Because guess what? The time period that he was here was the last time we went three straight seasons winning at least eight games. It was actually working. It's just that he had off-the-field issues with his alcoholism and then the stuff with his wife. And, like, he had his demons that, like, destroyed his NFL career. And only we can, like, hire somebody like that does that. Like, that's what I'm saying. He was actually doing at his job. He was the one that orchestrated that Deshaun Jackson signing. And Deshaun Jackson, our offense was humming during McLuhan's time here. If for some reason it was Jake Rudin that just couldn't pick a defensive coordinator to save his life, but the actual like McLuhan, uh, I, my specialty. I like uh, offense and uh, young women up there at uh, One Loudon. That's what I like. But yeah, I'm I'm so happy you mentioned that because McLuhan 
like actually did his job. Now imagine if he asked if McLuhan had the supporting cast that um the new person is about to have. Like I don't like I said, I don't care if it's Peters or Cunningham. I don't care if they renege and hire the Obama for Baltimore. Like I just appreciate the fact that they actually are doing their due diligence. It definitely seems like it. And uh, like you said, they had that sort of uh, gauntlet of uh, meetings slash interviews. Uh, so that's an interesting way to do things. I don't know if that's more commonplace than I'm aware of um, in that kind of world of, uh, you know, job interviews. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it it's it's definitely refreshing. And, and I think, again, with the McLuhan thing that I brought up, I think the major caveat is knowing you have an owner who will be involved, but isn't overly involved, isn't going to meddle. You know, obviously he might have a say to a degree on this or on that, but I think he's going to defer to the football people. And I think that's kind of the whole gist of everything we're talking about is that Josh Harris wants to have you know, not the Marty party and Ron, he wants to have like what they thought they were is basically what he really wants. He wants to have a hierarchy of people that he trusts that'll make the right decisions. And then, you know, they run it by him because obviously there's, you still got to do that. He's the owner, but for the most part, again, they just run it by him. They don't need to, you know, wait for his approval. I mean, I'm sure on some signings and, you know, if he has to open the checkbook then yeah, that part, but overall they don't need his approval for everything because that's why he's going through this whole process in the first place is to get people that he knows will make that decision without having to be micromanaged by him, which, um, side note too, if there's a micromanage, is there a macro manage? I don't know. I, I feel like that's a question that you would know, but, uh, yeah. So I I'm kind of, I'm really excited as to how this will work out. And then what I'd really like to know is, uh, you know, like where, where does this really put Bob Myers if this whole thing works out? Like I said, we would be pioneers and trailblazers, but if this man builds a dynasty here, does that like, does that put him in that like sort of Nick Saban, Bill Belichick type of category, but for like GM and front office types, you know, like that, that I, I'm, I'm not at all jumping the gun here and pretending like it's the formality and it's going to happen. But I'm not. Nah, that's a good point. It would be the first, it would be the first, right? It almost has to be. You would have to like sit down with him to understand his role in the whole thing before well, his job can... is just to pick the to hire the right people. He's not necessarily no. Like, he's just consulting, like. Giving us thoughts on well, that. Like, that's why I said we would need to know from him and those that was involved with this process, like, how involved was he? Like, if he off some, I don't know, um, I don't know about Adam Peters. Um, I think Ann Cunningham is the one. And I know what everybody else is saying, but I think you should, should go with Cunningham because of this, this, and that. Or... If he's like, um, I believe Adam Peters is the one because of A, B, C, D, or whatever. Like, it would have to be off of that type of stuff. Or 
like he could be helping Harris and more things than just the search. Like, because you know Bob Myers is like the analytics guru. So he could be doing more behind the scenes that we don't know about. So, like, I don't know, like, what his prestige or legacy would be if he were, if Washington were to succeed. Like, I don't know where we would put him. Like, he was just, he probably would be on the level on his own because nobody has even come close to doing anything um, to what he's attempting to do. Help two teams in two different sports win, or not even win, but just be successful. Like, that'll be nuts. I do like the idea of, uh, I guess it would be the same as what I've talked about with drafting, where you draft guys that come from like championship teams and, you know, the, the winning mentality, winning pedigree. I like that idea where, hey, this guy's been a part of a, like a winning culture and, and, wasn't just a part of it. Like he was a reason it was a thing in the first place. Um, not the main reason, but a reason. So I really like, I, I really like that. I just, you know, I mean, with everything we've gone through as fans, and I know that sounds very overdramatic, but with everything we've gone through, you kind of like, at least for me, no, no, just so skeptical just I, I, I want to be excited and I am, but then I'm also like, uh, I just, I, I, I can't. That's bruh. Why do you think I keep putting that caveat out there of saying I don't know if it's going to work because yeah. I've been torched in the past? Like, oh, yeah. That's why I'm saying, like, you could definitely say what we've been through because we've been through some stuff. Like, you've at least gotten experience at least one of the Super Bowls. I can remember that season or whatever. I was only three when we won the Super Bowl, bro. I hear you. I think you. I was calling the police, playing with the um, playing on the phone as a three-year-old during the Falcons' divisional playoff win in '92. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's the only recollection I have for that season as a three-year-old who just turned three. Matter of fact, but anyway, I digress. Um, it's it, it's interesting, bro. Like, I always tell y'all the, the NFL or the Commanders or the Redskins was the best drama on television. Like, the reboot could be ridiculous. Like, it's, this is very intriguing right now. Like, like I said, I'm going to keep telling you, I don't know if it's going to work, but the approach is something to get... It's something to get excited about. I'll throw the E-word out there. You can get excited. I feel like you can get excited. Now, December may come around and we could be 3-13 and 13 again. Um, heading into week 17 against the – I mean, week 18 against the Cowboys again for some reason. <laughs> like, let us finish the season against the Eagles or Giants again. Like, why do we keep finishing? But whatever. Um, speaking of the Eagles and Cowboys, um, oh, we really didn't get in the Peters, but it must be meant for that to happen. Um, we can save it for the next episode if they actually hire him, or we can go over why they didn't hire him and why they went with whoever it be, A.M. Cunningham or not. So I guess instead of asking you more about the general manager, 
Um, I'll ask you this before we start talking about the playoffs. Um, Coaching-wise, we have a couple of more entrants to talk about. Um, I don't think we talked most much about them last time, but um, since we've last spoken, of course Rivera's fired, been fired. We ain't even say nothing about that. <laughs> like I said, they like kind of new. So I, I don't think there was here. much to say. And I mean, you knew it was coming. It's not like this was a surprise. So, so since then, um. You know, Mike Rabel's been fired for part of ways. Pete Carroll is part of ways. I mean, not part of ways, but stepped down from head coaching with the Seahawks. And the Patriots and legendary six-time, I believe. Six-time bowl champ, nine-time winning, winning head coach Bill, Uncle Bill Belichick, I'm sorry. Um... They parted ways with the Patriots and Bob Kraft, and it's kind of – it sucks. Like, next season, we're going to see Bill Belichick in a different um, – what if he retires the hoodie vest? What Depends if he can't do up, it? Right? He's, is, is he going to end up in San Diego or, you know, what if – what if, if he real with you. This weekend, and then they fire kinda, Ronnie, and then Belichick goes to Philly. That'll be crazy. I'm kind of over the sweater, the hoodie vest, right? They should, um, he should go back to his old school, um, the shirt, little uh, working man shirt or whatever. You know what I'm talking about? Like a but, polo? Uh, mm, excuse me, like yeah, a polo. Like, but it was like slick material. Okay. Again, I digress. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, Arthur Smith from the Dirty Birds was fired. So I believe there are seven vacancies at the moment. You have the Commanders, the Panthers, the Falcons, the Raiders, the Titans, Patriots, and Seahawks. So that's seven. I believe I got them all. At the moment, like um, Eddie said, like it's heat coming out of uh, Philadelphia right now. Like, yeah, not saying I think he's going to get fired, but let's say they get their butts whooped on Saturday or Sunday whenever they play on the Bucks. No pun intended. Um, it it's a possibility, and that's crazy. We're talking about a team that was um leading in the Super Bowl in the second half last season. So to go from that to your coach getting fired the year after, that'll be nuts. But, again, um, who you who are you feeling as head coach? Not what everybody expects or whatever, but, like, who do you want? Oh, and Jim Harbaugh. He won the championship on Monday, and he's looking to make the trip back to the NFL. So, yeah, it's a lot, lot, lot to digest. But yeah, but see, yeah, when I see guys it. like like Harbaugh, and then you know, I, not that I bring him up, like I think he's a possible candidate either. But uh, Saban retiring too, 
I always now wonder because Pete Carroll jumped ship from USC to come to the NFL. And lo and behold, what happened? Like, just I, ink's not even dry on his contract. Oh, man, there's all this stuff going on at USC, sanctions. Pete Carroll knew all about it. And he, he jumped out of Dodge, took his little, you know, lifeline that was thrown his way. And so I, I, I first wonder that because remember Harbaugh was dealing with restrictions. He had been suspended. So, and, and I understand I'm not saying that translates to the NFL in terms of like morality of, or, or them being cheaters or something. But uh, I, I wonder with, with Harbaugh wanting to leave and Saban retiring, if any of that will come out. Uh, having said that, I don't want, I don't want Harbaugh as the head coach. I really don't want anybody that has been fired to be our next head coach. A set, excuse, I was gonna say aside from, except Mike Vrabel. I would like for Mike Vrabel to be our head coach. I doubt we'd be able to work some sort of thing where he becomes uh, like a defensive coordinator. I, I just feel like that steps back. But maybe, I mean, maybe right setting, he would want to do it. Uh, I kind of feel like the defensive coordinator thing would be more if he went to work with Belichick. I don't want Belichick. So unless it's Mike Mike Vrabel, uh, I would probably prefer Ben Johnson for the Lions. Uh, I don't really have much of a reason except that he has been the reason the Lions offense has gotten better. He showed some loyalty to the Lions by staying and wanting to kind of, you know, get more comfortable with what he's doing before he goes looking for a head coaching job because that was last year that people were theorizing that, that might happen and he returned. So maybe I'm wrong uh, reading the tea leaves wrong. That is, but that would be my pick in terms of like my pick with the retreads. And then my pick with like the new, uh, the new crop of potential head coaches. How about yourself? Um, I'm right, like, I'm right, right with you on your top two choices or hopes or whatever you want to call them. Um, give me Ben Johnson or Mike Vrabel and let's go. I feel like those are the top two candidates. And Mike Vrabel getting fired, like I said, is nuts. I don't understand. Well, I guess I do understand now. Apparently the front office and ownership group just, um, it was just, tensions building and they agree to disagree and Vrabel was like, all right, let me bounce. I'll go to Washington and win a couple of no, I'm joking. But uh, I feel like bro, I really feel like we might be in the running for him though. Like not as a um, defensive coordinator, but as a head coach, like I really feel like if if he's if he's willing to come here, I think the ownership group and whoever um, becomes a head operation with a man of coming here and bruh. If we somehow find a way to bring in a front office, a highly touted front office person like Adam Peters, and pair him with a head coach that I personally have no issues with. And Mike Vrabel, he checks off everything except for being the offensive guru. Like he's a defensive coach, but outside of that, 
he checks off everything Eddie. He's younger. I think he's only like 40, his mid-40s or upper 40s or whatever. Um, he's had success without a quarterback that like is elite. Um, and like I could tell that he cares about winning. Yeah, it just strikes you as like a real straight shooter and and you know, being a former player, kind of a uh, you know, like a man's man, a tough guy, especially uh when you look to the defensive side, you know, the Titans certainly relied on their defense. I think, and and I don't know where he factors into this um, because, you know, it's just not necessarily up to coaches who gets paid and who doesn't. I mean, you can break it down and say how often they give someone the ball and give them chances to meet, you know, escalators in their contract. But um, that's kind of like going down a rabbit hole a little bit. Uh, basically where I'm at is, Vrabel had Corey Davis and AJ Brown on that team. And so during those seasons, the Titans were pretty well balanced because they had a really good run attack with Derrick Henry and they had two different receivers. They could go to the O-line was solid and the defense was solid. And, you know, when the defense was solid, it wasn't like, I mean, they had some guys, uh, I think uh, is it Jeffrey Simmons, I'm not sure, uh, defensive lineman, but he was having really good seasons for him. But as a whole, they didn't have a ton of guys on that team that were, you know, elite Pro Bowl, like well-known, you know, uh, caliber player, but they were all still tough and talented. And I think he really did for a season or two um, get the best of them. You know, if you remember Lamar Jackson and the Ravens were having a killer year. And I think, I think it was the year Lamar won MVP and the Titans went to town. And I think this is after beating new England and it, it, Tom Brady's last, uh, last game as a Patriot as well. I think they went on a run beating all those teams, but they ran into the Kansas city chiefs and, you know, at that point, that offense was pretty unstoppable when you have like a Tyreek Hill, when you have a uh, Travis Kelsey still, obviously, and he's much younger. So just as vibrant and athletic as uh, as you can get. So I, I and, and I credit every everything I said about that Titans offense or excuse me, that Titans team and the run they went on. I, I credit a lot of that to Vrabel. So. I think certainly he would come in right away and get things going on the defensive side. I don't know Vrabel coming in, what that would mean for Bienemy if he's out. Uh, I kind of assume that no matter what, he's out, but is what it is there. But yeah, I mean, Vrabel should get all kinds of credit for those seasons where the Titans were making a run. Yeah, they made it to the AFC Championship game, bro. Yeah, well, that's what I was saying. They they beat Brady in his last game, and they beat Lamar right. Jackson. And that year, Lamar Jackson won MVP. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, sign me up. For that's what I mean. That. And he did that with, like, I, I think the only guy on that Titans defense was uh, Simmons, and he was like a nose tackle. I think he was the only guy that was, like, all pro or pro bowl or anything like that. I think the rest of the guys were just – you know, real lunch pail types that played well together. And I think a lot of that comes from him. I think he's 
a player's coach. He's like a guy that the players want to play hard for. We played the Titans in the 2022 season. I hope he saw the vision. I hope he remembers and sees the vision. I hope he's like, man, they got two monster defensive tackles. Man, that secondary kind of young. If I can get my hands on them. I know they, they need some linebackers, but that secondary is interesting with that defensive line. We might need another edge rusher, but I hope he sees the vision on that defense and like, oh, man, they got the number two pick. I'm going to to the next quarterback. Oh. Well, so, he's yeah, a linebacker. So you got to figure he yeah. would Del Rio and Rivera, who were also linebackers. You got to figure <laughs> – he's going to actually do something about it. It doesn't mean he's going to transform uh, uh, Barton or, or anybody else that we have on that team currently, Jamin Davis. doesn't mean he's going to, like, turn those guys into studs, but he very well might get the best out of them, and they might play harder for him than Del Rio and Rivera. And maybe, just maybe, if he's the coach, there are guys who are free agents that might say, oh, I do want to come play for Vrabel. Um you mentioned the number two pick. I saw a little uh, rumor mill thing, which would say it, it kind of leads us to having our choice of the quarterbacks we want at number two because, quote, unquote, Justin Fields, DJ Moore, and uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. all ran track together, allegedly. Really? I don't, <laughs> I don't quite know how that's possible because – Pretty sure DJ Moore came from Maryland and Fields was at Ohio State, but I don't know that he was he there when Harrison Jr. was there. Maybe Harrison Jr. was like a redshirt freshman or something. Yeah, I'm sure he was. Okay. So that one's a little more believable, but the whole time I read that, I was like, when would that have it like was this some kind of like summer track team? It was was it like a USA thing? Like they were on the USA track team together? That's that's believable. I don't, I don't have a problem with that one, but I know for certain DJ Moore went to the University of Maryland. So I don't know how that part is possible. But anyway, theoretically, because of that thing, that tweet, the Bears would take Marvin Harrison Jr. number one, and then we can take Caleb Williams, um, you know, whoever. So I'm just throwing that out there, too, is that there, there's – I feel like a strong possibility that we're going to take a quarterback. So I don't know, and we're going to and like we're going to talk about the playoffs in a few because it's our elite. But um, I don't know what you saw, but I see something on Reddit in the interview that DJ Moore and Marvin Harrison Jr. are both from Philly and they ran track together. And he said Marvin Harrison Jr. is friends with Justin Fields. Okay. So I think that's – but, like, besides that, Matt Eberflus, the Bears head coach, he's getting another season. Yeah, I saw that. They're going to get rid of coordinators, though. They're going to clean yeah, I highly, I highly doubt that a head coach will risk – going into his final season with a rookie quarterback willingly. Yeah. Now, Ron Rivera kind of didn't have a choice. And, yeah, 
he was kind of stuck in the corner because he couldn't trade assets and all this stuff. Like, he couldn't spend too much money on a quarterback. So, kind of had to go with Howell and hope for the best. And look good, but it kind of crap. So, yeah. But nevertheless, um, yeah, it's just the Bears and Washington having the one and two pick is very interesting. And we play each other next season again, too. So, well, I think it'll be the third or fourth straight season. So, the other talk is that, uh, you know, if, if, like you said, if, if that's kind of the way it's going is with keeping Iberflus and all that, there's also talk that the Bears could trade out of the number one and get an even bigger haul of picks or players or some kind of package like that than they did last year when they traded with the Panthers so the Panthers could get Bryce Young. The talk is with these quarterbacks that are there that some team – might give them an even better deal to trade into that spot. So mm-hmm. that's something to watch out for. Um, I'm just glad that we are swap. I'm just glad we are second. So it's either like we're not going to trade, we're going to take the second best quarterback, or if we are going to trade, there's no way in the world we're giving up too much to go from two to one. Like, let's say they fall in love with Caleb Williams, but another team loves them just as much, and they're willing to trade three first-round picks to move up from seven to whatever. I'm going to be like, look, y'all can have y'all three first-round picks and go six backs down in the draft, or we'll give y'all first next season and y'all second-round pick that y'all gave us earlier this season just to move down one spot. So y'all might not get a King's Ransom, but you're still going to get that wide receiver you're coveting and another extra round, first-round pick and another second-round pick. Is that worth going down six spots? Got to bargain with these mamas, E. I mean, I, I'm fine with us trading out of the second pick, to be honest. If, if we trade down... I don't, I don't want to do that. Okay. Like we gotta get a quarterback. We, but what if we, we only have trade to get a, a few down, get more picks, and are able to maybe get like a Jaden Daniels or someone like that? Only if the new coach and general manager and head of football operation all three agrees that they want Jaden Daniels, but you risk losing them though, and not getting anybody, and having to get uh, Michael Penix. And his um, four severe injuries, yeah, um, and the rolling dice stronger times. I rather, honestly, I rather just play it safe. We have five top one hundred picks. How many down picks do you need? Yeah, they had to get Williams or May, and let's cook. Let's cook. So. My apologies from earlier. I said that the Eagles play the Buccaneers on Saturday or Sunday. I was wrong. They actually play on Monday night. Um, I forgot ESPN got a um, Monday night football playoff game. It's kind of crazy. So, um, yeah, that's – let's just start there, actually, since I brought it up, and that's the only game we've been talking about in the playoffs. Um 
do you think the Buccaneers can pull off the upset at home? I do only because uh, uh, Jalen Hurts has that finger injury. Apparently, he hasn't even been throwing. Hmm. I know Tosh Push, Brotherly Shove, and all that, but they can't do that the entire game. They're not going to be able to line up and do that every single play. Yeah. I mean, they, um, I they, they can, but I just don't know how uh, practical that is if you're trying to win a game. You know? So we'll talk about each game in the wild card and then give our Super Bowl preview and prediction. You cool with that? I am cool with that. All right. Um, yeah, I, this is like a very, very interesting matchup because the Eagles secondary is suspect. The one thing that the Bucks can do is throw the ball. They got some monsters on their uh, receiver core with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. And I know Godwin had a down season, but in the playoffs with nothing else to play for, Anything's I expect possible. them to try to go ham. Like, it's the last game of your season. Why not go all out? So, who knows with that? Uh, very interesting game. I didn't know Hurts was still banged up. Um, the Eagles are coming off an embarrassing loss to the Giants. Um, so, yeah, it could get ugly in Philly. Um, the next game, and again, that's Monday on ESPN. The next game, um, and I only tell y'all this just to let y'all know where to watch it. We are not getting paid for this. At all. <laughs> Next game is Sunday night, Los Angeles Rams at the Detroit Lions, the six at three seed. Um, I just, as long as McVeigh is McVeigh, I'm always going to feel eerie about the Rams because, like, he just, he's that dude. He's, if it wasn't for Kyle Shanahan, he would be my one right now. And he actually has a Super Bowl ring. So, um, I don't know, Detroit, it could get a bit dangerous for y'all. But um, with them being at home, I'll give them a slight edge. No, Krishna. You don't get it, do you? No. There was a wrestling tag team called Edge and Krishna. Oh, okay. Yep. I know who Edge is for sure. So, all right. Cool, cool. What was you thinking about the Rams and Lions? I think I wouldn't be surprised if the Rams won because they have just enough talent. They've been there before. And the Lions, in a way, could be caught off guard. But just what I mentioned about, like, the right kind of coach and everything – those guys want to run through a brick wall for Dan Campbell. So I think that's going to be a real tough giant to slay. That's just the way I look at it. I just, it's something about it. And and they're at home, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that place is going to go nuts. I mean, when was the last time Detroit had a playoff game at home? Um, the 91 season, I think. There had to have been something in there during the Megatron seasons. They had some okay scenes, didn't they? They didn't have a single game 
Like maybe, so. I guess maybe they weren't at home, but they made the playoffs. Okay. Yeah, they made the playoffs. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, this, yeah, okay. So it wasn't a ninety-one season. It was a Barry Sanders season. Well, he was there in ninety-one too, but um, <laughs> January eighth, nineteen ninety-four. The ninety-three season was the last time they hosted a playoff game. I was only. Five. I just turned thirty-five last week. <laughs> for context, so, uh, yeah, for context reasons, not for data reasons. Happily married, man. Data. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's going to be an interesting game. Of course, the game everybody eyes are going to be on this week: the number seven Green Bay Packers heading to Arlington. They face the Dallas Cowboys, four thirty on Fox. Um, it's going to be intense, bro. I, I I got Dallas winning, but it's not like anybody should be confident in their hit playoff history, especially against the Packers. Now, <laughs> thankfully for them, Aaron Rodgers is not there anymore, so they don't have to worry about any more um, miraculous plays. But um, yeah, it's it's going to be a fun game to watch. I hope the Cowboys lose. I'm gonna be real with you. My man Dan always get on me every time I say something positive about the Cowboys. I don't bang with them just as much as he don't. But I ain't going to lie about stuff. I'm gonna call it like I see it. Dez caught it. It was nine years ago, but he caught it. Blasphemy. Blast Get me. over it. It's not like the refs ruled it. Y'all shouldn't care what I think about it because the refs didn't, um, they ruled it incomplete. But I catch it, Mike. If if the NFL was so hell bent on not leaving it uh, um, or not feeling some type of way about it, they never would have changed the rule. Like they changed the rule specifically so they wouldn't put themselves in that situation again. But he did exactly what the rule is now. He caught it, made a football move. I mean, caught it, gained possession, made a football move, and it should have been a um, it shouldn't have been a touchdown. It should have been a fumble out at the one yard line or whatever. But I digress. I got the Cowboys winning. And well, I'd, I'd, they, I'd give the edge to the Cowboys there at home as well, and. You know, it'd be Jordan Love's first playoff game. I don't think they really have a lot of firepower. What's, what's the Aaron Jones situation? That guy's been banged up all year, too. So, yeah. Their uh, receivers are sneaky, explosive, yeah. though. Mm-hmm. Dobbs, and uh, th- I think they got a guy named Reed, I think, and they use him on, like, running plays a lot, too. And don't forget about their number one option, Mr. Watson. 50-50 himself, Christian Watson. It's like nah, but um, yeah. he he is uh, he's a descendant of Randy Watson. Check this out, dude. A couple of weeks ago, I think maybe a month ago, honestly, I made a co I made a bet with my coworker. He was so confident that the Cowboys would be one and done. Hmm. Mind you, this was before they even this is before we even thought that they were going to win the NFC East. 
And he was like, I'll bet $20 that the Cowboys be one and done. And to teach him his lesson, I took the bet. Because this is the same co-worker that before the season started, betted two separate people. I mean, made a bet with two separate people that the commanders would win more games than the Ravens. And I told him, even if we did have a good season, our schedule is hard as a mug. Don't do it. And he did it twice. So mm. if the Cowboys win, as sad as I'll be, I'm enjoy taking this money. Gotcha. But um, I digress once more. Probably the last time. Because it's time to get up out of here after we talk about these last three games. Gotcha. Um, I'll do it in order this time. Browns at Texans. Um Joe Flacco is undefeated in January. Do you know who's rooting? No, I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. He's undefeated in the wild card weekend. Do you know who is a huge Texans fan right now? You? Baltimore Ravens. They don't want to see Joe Flacco in the playoffs. They don't want that. They don't want Flacco returning. (laughs) None of them want that. I, but I, I honestly, I think the Browns are going to win. Um, it's a great story uh, uh, for D'Amico Ryan's and for Houston and for C.J. Stroud, for that matter. You know, he didn't start the year off great, and he's not quite as small as Bryce Young, but he's also not huge. And so there's a lot of uh, – a lot of high fives and attaboys and backpats being handed out to the Texans, and they they absolutely deserve it. But I just I think the Browns have a good O line and running game, even with Nick Chubb being out. I think you look at uh, Amari Cooper is a he's balling this year. David and Joku is balling this year. Uh, that backfield uh, again, Nick Chubb's not there, but. Um, What's my man's uh, strong Ford and Kareem Hunt? All three of those guys play really well in that offense and support Joe Flacco. And he's actually really had a little bit of a comeback. People joke around. They're like, yeah, you know, Joe Flacco was really good for the Ravens and the Super Bowl run and blah, blah, blah. They're like, but the comeback he had from playing for the Jets for a while to not playing at all and just being at home on the couch and then getting – you know, the Browns call and all of a sudden here he is and they, they want a, a good handful of games with him at the helm. They The, the offense was kind of clicking and moving. So I, I, I got to go Browns. Just um, I, I think they're a little bit more experienced. They're a little bit more talented. I, I think that defense is nasty. I don't know who is going to stop Marcus Garrett. He's been having a great year. I did see where Denzel Ward hurt himself in practice. Like he he stepped on somebody's foot and rolled his ankle. So that'll be something to watch because I would certainly expect the Texans to come out slinging the ball. I mean, I, I'm sure they'll run, but I don't think, you know, I think they're going to try to catch people off guard and go deep, you know, maybe a trick play or two. Um, yeah, I, I, whew. It's. I wouldn't be shocked if the Texans won, especially if um, Stroud is healthy. But like you said, that Browns defense is tough. 
Um, like really, really tough. And with Flacco playing the way he's playing, um, if everything goes chalk except for the Texans beating, I mean the Browns beating the Texans, you're right. That next matchup would be the one versus the five seed. Um, mm-hmm. And I think we could. I think it could happen because these last two games, you expect the two and three seed to pretty much easily handle these two teams, all things considered. Somehow, the Steelers, I mean, somehow the Buffalo Bills went from in danger of missing the playoffs to being the two seed, and they're hosting the Steelers on Sunday on 1 p.m. on CBS. Um, it gave me the Bills to comfort, comfortably win that game. And before you answer that question, I'm going to give you the, the last game, and that's the Chiefs hosting the Dolphins. And I don't know if you heard, but the wind chill for that game was looking to be in the negative 30s. Yep. I don't think Miami has ever historically played well in the Coast um, stadiums during the playoffs. And you're going to Arrowhead where the Chiefs, I mean, where Patrick Mahomes is literally undefeated in the playoffs. Uh-uh. Give me the Chiefs. Give me the Bills to set up a crazy showdown. Do you know if the Chiefs win? It'll be the first time. It could potentially be the first time that Mahomes plays a road playoff game. Yeah. And it will be on Buffalo. That's crazy. Like this, this, this could be a legacy defining game, young, for Mahomes if he can beat Pittsburgh and Buffalo in back to back weeks with Buffalo being on the road to set up a crazy showdown potentially in the NFC AFC with Mahomes and Baltimore facing Lamar Jackson. Like. That's what we all want. When people say the streets have been wanting that, the streets have been wanting this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that would be uh, the desired matchup right there. So uh, first things first, I, I think it would be great for the NFL if somehow Miami could go in there and handle business. Everybody's looking at what sort of Winter drip does Josh McDaniel or excuse me, Mike McDaniel. What, what's he rocking? Right. And the fins, the fins get a win and everybody's happy, but uh it ain't gonna happen. It's just not not narrowhead, not with uh Mahomes and Kelsey, uh, which Kelsey's thousand yard streak got snapped. I blame Taylor Swift. But uh yeah, I I'd love for that to happen just so there's something different. But it ain't going to happen. As far as the Bills game, I think it's just one of those things like you got to play this team, and that's not a bad thing. I I fully expect the Bills to win. I don't think T.J. Watt's playing in that game. And, you know, I mean, credit to Tomlin. He always seems to find a way to get the Steelers, you know, into the playoffs, winning seasons, what have you. But. I'd be surprised if Pittsburgh won this game, but then this could be the game where, like, you expect an upset in one of these other games. Nope. 
this one is primed for an upset. I mean, just like sitting pretty, sitting pretty. I mean it. How likely do you think, let's say, put a percentage on your upset on them winner? Upset for the Steelers to to get the win uh, over Buffalo? I would say, I don't know, like maybe like a little like 35% maybe. Because let's face it, right, And, and I think, it's sort of skewed where you're only looking at the numbers because we do call Josh Allen a turnover machine. Having said that, he's in a category where almost all the time the numbers that he has that score are sometimes double and triple the turnovers uh, that he has, but we only talk about the turnovers. And we're going to keep talking about him right now, (laughs) Uh, or we're going to talk about him some more rather. But if he has one of those games where he throws a bunch of picks and let's face it, the Steelers are going into this like, Hey, we're playing with house money, but you know, good and well that Buffalo has this ability to just kind of not show up. Like you've seen it before. I don't know how else to put it. Look at some of their losses this season. It's perplexing. Um, But yeah, they they I, I mean this is one of those things where it should reflect like oh Buffalo got lucky they get to beat up on the Steelers and hopefully rest their starters and blah 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 so you know we'll see but I but I think because of that statement it's actually the opposite that that they would be the upset alert and, you know Miami blew it because they, they could have had, you know, if Miami had, you know, get a win or two towards the, the end of the season, they could have had Kansas City coming to them, playing all that heat. Yeah. So, having said all of that, give me your Super Bowl prediction and eventual Super Bowl winner. Super Bowl prediction and winner. Yeah. Niners versus Ravens. Niners win. I'm I'm just going off of the teams that are that are doing the best right now and, and are built for a championship run. And this this is as of right now. That nobody's hurt that I'm aware of that's like, you know, Purdy's fine, Lamar's fine. So I just don't see teams really hanging with either of those guys. The Ravens have been able to run the ball no matter who it is. Lamar Jackson, especially the last couple of weeks, has been on a mission to prove that, yes, he has the ability to run. Yes, he's a a, a lightning in a bottle, uh, similar to a Tyreek Hill, where like any moment he can bust a big play, typically with his legs. But – he is showing, yeah, he can stand in the pocket and pass. He can show touch. He can show accuracy. He's showing that this year. Um, so I think that makes the Ravens that much more dangerous because, as always, they've got uh, a solid defense, good uh, elite individual defensive players. 
but um, yeah, I with Frisco, I, it's kind of same thing, just not so much um, about the quarterback, not to take away from Brock Purdy, but it's more the wep- the weapons around him, the way the O line is built, Christian McCaffrey, solid running game, and their defense. I'd say San Fran's is better. Um, they might have the more explosive offense, but maybe still not better than Baltimore's, as I would view Baltimore's as more efficient. So we'll see. They, like they, they kind of have a lot in common, but just in different ways, if that's at all possible. So that's that's where I'm at. Um, winner. It's really tough. Shanahan wins the title. Let's, let's keep it in the NFC. I mean, that that's really tough. Like, I'm confident those two teams will make it there, but who wins? I, I mean, ask me tomorrow. I'll probably tell you the Ravens. <laughs> it, it's just it's that much of a toss-up because, you know, Purdy getting hurt, is that a possibility that happens again? Lamar having a dud or maybe his receiver's not catching the ball like they did when they lost to Pittsburgh, who's in the playoffs? I all of these things are possible, so just makes it so tough to predict. But on paper, maybe the 49ers have just a few more weapons that make them a little bit tougher to deal with. Still my, man, my man Dan really gonna hate me for this. Um, oh boy. I already know I, what you're about to do. Go I'm going. Like, I'm going with what I've been saying that work a lot. And I've been saying, what here we go with the world, what, what the most enjoyable Super Bowl for me, like the lead up to it, would be the Ravens versus the Cowboys. Like, that would be there, it is, it would be insane. It would be insane yeah. to see those two fan bases um, going at each other for two weeks. Uh, give me the Ravens to win, though. Like, I just feel like they're destined right now. Um, they're just a straight-up bowling ball. Um, you saw what they did to Miami and San Fran in back-to-back weeks. Um, so, yeah, like... But see, that's, that's all the more reason why San Fran will win because the Ravens got them during the regular season, so they're coming in, you know. But my bad, I cut you off. Go. No, nah, you're good. Like I ain't really got much else to say about it because I don't. I'm not confident in the Cowboys going, especially with what San Fran did to them earlier in the season, and it'll be at Candle, well, not Candlestick, but Levi Stadium. That's um, right. Like, uh, but I'm like I said, I'm intrigued with the 49ers. I mean, with the Cowboy uh, Ravens Super Bowl, we saw a 49ers Ravens Super Bowl already. It was an enjoyable Super Bowl, but we saw it already. Um, but you do run the danger of the Cowboys actually winning the Super Bowl, so <laughs> I really hope I'm wrong. Like, I don't want to be right, but um. It would be interesting to see, nonetheless. Nevertheless, it's getting late. Um, yep. You got anything else you need to add, or you gravy? 
No, um, I think it's just a, another chapter in it, at least for my life. And then, you know, obviously yourself and other people within our age range, you know, we, we saw the end of that quarterback era with uh, Manning, Brady, Breeze, Rogers, Roethlisberger, Rivers, that whole group, um, but both Mannings actually. Uh, all of them are now retired. You know, you look at guys like Pete Carroll, guys like Belichick, guys like Nick Saban. They've been around for a while and had success. Their time, at least for now, is done. I don't know that, you know, Belichick might get another job. I, the Pete Carroll thing, I don't know if, if he's staying with Seattle in some sort of consultant position as well or if that's only until they find another coach. I don't know. But either way, uh, just end of another era. Uh, this one happens to be more – uh, well, is about the coaches as opposed to the players. So uh, just kind of cool when you think about all the things you've got to witness, you know, whether Carroll's success in USC or his success with the Seahawks, uh, you know, they, they had the one championship and then that infamous call to throw on the goal line instead of hand it off, um, which ironically Belichick on the other side there, who is also retiring now, um, yeah. And then Saban, you know, of the three, probably the most successful still does come from the Belichick tree though. But, I mean, just sheer dominance in college. So, you know, happy trails. Yeah. And I, I agree with everything you said. Really don't have too much to add. And, um, yeah, y'all, we're going to bounce out of here. Polish Alabama's next week. Um, to those that caught the bonus episode that was released on Tuesday, um, I don't even think I told Eddie what I did. I split our last episode in half because it got really long. And, um, <laughs> and since we weren't talking about sports, I just turned it into another episode. But we you talked what? about Blue Lock and True Detective and Brian Cranston and all that stuff. So there's a new coming out. Yeah, I heard the previous one. I'm going to catch that first season. But before we get lost in that, um, both of us tired as a mug. But yeah, man, I was just wanted to put on a show for y'all. And uh, enjoy the football, man. Enjoy the new football that you're experiencing as a Commanders fan, hopefully. And enjoy some good playoff football until then. And we're going to holler shot Bamas another time. Everybody have a good night. Miss you, Mom and Dad. <laughs>